You're listening to How to Succeed in Evil, Crazy Psycho Murder Tree. Chapter 19, Confronting the Bogus. The next day, Topper got up early, put the contract and the pistol syringe in his battered briefcase, and went hunting. Arborgast Park was empty except for the occasional jogger, a normal height man who Topper hated for running fast and on long legs. After an hour of searching, Topper had found out only one thing for sure. From a distance, one tree looks very much like another. Dejected, he climbed up onto a bench. In the distance, he could see the top of the courthouse. Was this all a practical joke? He didn't think Edwin was the kind to play jokes. Not only did the guy exhibit no sense of humor, Topper couldn't believe that a person that serious could be that petty. That old broad, Agnes, on the other hand, this sort of thing might be her speed. But he didn't think having him wander around a park confused and frustrated would give her enough satisfaction for her effort. Topper kicked his legs and watched as the normal people filtered into the park. An old man with a newspaper tucked under his arm, a mother pushing a child in a stroller. Don't grow up, kid. The world is cruel. Topper wondered what his mother was doing. Then, not for the first time, he wondered who his mother and father had been. Then he put the question from his mind and jumped off the bench in disgust. He walked south, back through the park, past the statue of some Civil War general with two raised hooves. That meant something. He, he died in battle or that he'd slathered some field red with the blood of innocence for his personal glory. Topper couldn't remember, but he was pretty sure that the only way you got a statue is if you'd been an asshole in one way or another. He peered at the trees along the path as if they were guilty of heresy and he was working for the Spanish Inquisition. His gaze failed to intimidate any of the trees. Ahead on the path was a carefully chaperoned daycare class. Look at those little kids, Topper thought. They ain't no orphans. Their parents love them, paying thousands of dollars a month to see that they're safe. Those kind of parents would throw a fit if they were in the wrong classroom at the end of the day. Even the hint of losing their children would drive those parents nuts. Topper hadn't had those kind of parents. He'd had the other kind. The kind that dropped a kid off at a doctor's office and skipped town. In spite of himself, his tears came hot to his eyes. He hated the tears and hated his weakness, but he could hold it in no longer. He staggered off the concrete path and plopped down on the ragged grass and wept. They hadn't wanted him. Why did he still want them? He didn't even know them. For all he knew, his mom could be right over there. He wouldn't know. He'd never know. Topper screamed in frustration. Further down the path, the careful chaperones pulled their charges closer. There was a crazy man of the wrong height. There were all kinds of people in the park, and children needed to be protected from them. God damn it, Topper said of his predicament and the entire world. The daycare flock was herded away from the crazy little man in the park. A wind came up, and Topper felt the cool of his tears drying on his face. Behind him, he heard an old tree creak. He spun and looked, but all the trees behind him remained well-rooted. Bogus? He whispered. He felt silly, and then he didn't. What other option did he have? And really, would it be the craziest thing anybody had ever done in Arborgast Park? Not by a long shot. 
Hey, Bogus, Topper said, and then emboldened by the liberating stupidity of it all. Hey, Bogus! When neither the flora nor fauna answered him, Topper jumped up and walked back towards the other end of the park. He cried out as if he was selling hot dogs at a baseball game. Bogus! Hey, Bogus! As people abandoned the path in front of him or turned around altogether, Topper wondered how long it would be before a cop came to stop him. Well, fuck him anyway, his defense lawyer Hindbrain chimed in. There's no law against saying Bogus. He added a bounce to his step. Another burden let go. Bogus! Boggy, boggy oxen free! The branch hit him right between the eyes and knocked him flat on his back. He hit the ground so hard the wind was knocked out of him. For a moment, Topper looked up at the sky and saw clouds moving high above him, but heard nothing at all. Peaceful little sky sheep, far, far above, migrating from west to east, as if they had all the time in the world. Then came the pain. Trapped in the panic of his body, remembering that it needed to breathe, Topper rolled from left to right. He thrashed from side to side, opening and closing his mouth exactly like a fish out of water. When his breath came back, he sucked in so much air that he felt one of his ribs pop. When the air came out again, it formed a scream of rage. A hundred feet away, a well-meaning woman who was on her way to help the obviously distressed little man thought better of it and scampered off. Topper was alone among the trees. "'Where are you, you barky son of a bitch?' Topper demanded as he pointed, accusingly, at the trees on either side of the path. He heard a rustling off to the left side of the path. He whirled and cried, "'Aha!' at nothing at all. A branch hit him from behind, and again he was knocked ass over tea kettle. But this time the small man rolled to his feet and turned to see the bogus moving within the depths of the grove. "'You had enough fun kicking your lawyer around?' Topper yelled. From the shadows came that bark-rasping voice. The meat mines, so quick to anger, so quick to forget. Hey, last time I checked, I wasn't the plant that was running around murdering people. Seeds, the seeds of more seeds, without the patience required to put down roots and sprout into a tree. What are you talking about? The hurried meat mines. Okay, look, this is a courtesy visit. In fact, I'm here with a business offer. The business of the world is no longer my business. Au contraire, mon bush. You need cash and lots of it. All I require is sunlight and air and the rain that falls. And the legal defense team, because they're going to find you sooner or later. The trees parted and Topper caught a glimpse of the bogus. He had grown dramatically since he had escaped the courtroom. His trunk had thickened and his leaves were dark green. The swelling of his trunk meant his bark no longer looked as if it was flaking off, but instead appeared like thick, dark scales of armor. Roots churning the soil, the bogus lunged out of the grove. Topper turned to run, but in an instant he was surrounded by branches. Small mammal in the underbrush, he told himself, as he dropped to all fours and attempted to crawl underneath the wall of leaves and branches. But everywhere he crawled, more of the bogus sprang up. He was trapped in hell's own hedge. He stopped trying to escape. Maybe he couldn't face his fate bravely, thought Topper, but at least he could be loud about it. He stood and bellowed, 
Okay, what gives? I show up to help you, and this is how you help me? What help can an ephemeral thing like you be to one of my ligneous stature? All kinds of things, said Topper. Think of me like a helpful little squirrel. I can bring you water, remove dead branches, and like I said, I come with one hell of a business offer. Your kind begin by whispering trust, but in the end, you bring only fire and axe. No, said Topper. If I was going to betray you, I would have shown up with a bunch of guys dressed in flannel carrying chainsaws. You see any lumberjack asses around here? We are alone. Yeah, this isn't a trap. We're alone. Which reminds me, and I just gotta ask, if you're all by yourself and you fall down, do you make a sound? The tree man paused and the branches lifted away from Topper. I do not understand, said the Bogus. Don't worry, it'll grow on you. But that's not important. My associate, Edwin Windsor, has put together such a plan for you. An entire business model, in fact. I work for no man. And that's the beauty part, see? You wouldn't work for anybody else. You'd be working for yourself. Where's my briefcase? Topper moved towards his briefcase, but the bogus harrowed the earth with a plow of living rootwood and blocked his path. What gives? You don't want details and a contract? Don't tell me you're not interested. All you have to do is sit there and grow, and slowly and imperceptibly destroy ratty old buildings. You know, leave meat mines out in the rain... You wish to aid me? Yeah, what are we talking about here? To be in my service as my loyal thrall. I think we can work some of that thrall language into the contract if that's a legal term of art you prefer. But I'm certainly trying to be a service to you. I mean, on some level, you gotta have respect for that, right? You are a meat mind, ephemeral as the rain. Your kind is not worthy of the weighty respect of trees. But if you worship at my roots, swear fealty to me. Fealty? Uh, it's not a legal term I'm familiar with. Kneel, said the Bogus. Kneel before the king of trees and honor your vegetative past. Let me make sure I understand what's going on here. Kneel or become one with the compost of the universe. I kneel. And we can make this deal? Yes. A flush of shame crept over Topper's cheeks, but he fought it back with the thought that it was all just a silly custom, like handshakes or flipping somebody the bird when you cut them off in traffic. It didn't mean anything, did it? Not really. He needed this deal. He couldn't go back to being a public defender. It's a fucking tree, it seemed to that. Besides, he thought, tying his rationalizations up in a neat bow, it wasn't like he had very far down to go to get to his knees. Topper knelt. Okay, we, we good? Worship at my roots. The ground rippled and a small gnarled root emerged from the earth. In front of Topper's face, the dirty bark of the root peeled itself back, leaving white pulpwood gleaming with sap. Drink of the sap and recognize me as your deciduous overlord. Wait, what? Suckle from your deciduous overlord and swear the fealty. I'm gonna blow an elm tree, Topper said quietly, trying to figure out how his life had gone so wrong. I am no mere elm, 
roared the Bogus. I am of all trees. I was here before the dinosaurs. I will be here after your kind is gone as well. Topper opened his mouth and leaned forward. The sap gave off a sickly sweet smell like curdled milk poiled over diabetic charms breakfast cereal. He leaned forward until his lips were nearly touching the wood. Wait, let me get a condom, said Topper. What? Topper stood and spread his hands wide as he explained his way around the bogus to where his briefcase lay on the ground. Look, you want me to blow you. I get that. I don't like it, but I will literally do anything to save my skin. I'm a man of principles, and they are for sale. You must suckle the root and drink the sap, said the bogus, a bit lost in his own somewhat clunky methos. Yes, suckle the root, speak into the microphone, goggle the bone pony, it's all the same thing, right? It is a sacred oath to honor the primacy of the vegetative from which all man has descended. Okay, we, we can go with that one. But the thing is, Topper said, kneeling down next to his briefcase, I'm going to need to get some protection. I'm not bare-barking you here, pal. I know what kind of bushes you've been humping, and I sure don't want to wind up with a nasty throat fungus or tree ants in my crotch. You understand. You will swear fealty, or you will become food for the ants and the worms that serve the trees. Topper knelt and undid the clasps that held his briefcase shut. They're in here somewhere, he said. Shouldn't be hard to find, but hey, don't let my height fool you. They're regular sized. Enough foolishness. You have grown your last ring, and never shall your children sprout from the dark earth of dying things. The branches closed in around Topper from all sides. Topper dove towards the trunk, thrusting the briefcase in front of him. As he felt the leaves brush across his back, he pulled the pistol syringe clear of the case. Then he dashed, like a wily mammal, low to the ground, directly at the bogus's main trunk. He slammed the pistol syringe deep into the bark. As the bogus turned, his grip was almost twisted from Topper's hand, but he managed to hold it tight as it bit deeply into the trunk. He pulled the trigger and heard the hiss of compressed air as the chemical mixture was injected into the trunk. The bogus gasped, and all of his branches lifted straight into the air. The bark writhed as if it was skin instead of wood. Then Topper heard the unique and unforgettable sound of a tree screaming. As the bogus bucked and heaved his way free of the earth, Topper was thrown down the path. He tumbled, rolled, and landed flat on his back. When he looked up, he saw the bogus bending and writhing about itself. Its leaves were turning brown and falling off. Topper stood and laughed maniacally to cover the tear that roiled inside him. You think I'm blowing a tree? I may be close to the ground, you maple sap, but there are depths that I will not sink to. What do you think I am? I'm Topper Haggleblad, you barking mad son of a bitch. Topper Haggleblad, attorney at law. Say my name. Say my name! <laughs> said the bogus as it fell to the ground and melted into an oily mulch. Say my name! Topper screamed again, even though it was late. All that remained of the bogus was an oily, acrid puddle burning itself into the earth. Topper spit into the puddle and flinched when his saliva sizzled across the top. He recovered himself and said, Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Then he turned away from his first murder and threw up in the bushes. He retched so violently and so loudly that he wondered briefly if he would throw up his shoes. This meant that he didn't hear a nearby bush say, Ew 
and he certainly didn't see that that bush was somehow holding a video camera. As Topper retched, the shrub turned off the video camera and shuffled away.